Hello, Internet, and welcome to the Friendship Snake Podcast. I am your host, Wade Mariano, and I'm joined, as always, by... Trace Finicaro. And... Greater Snip. That is a one Gunner Kennedy. All right, gents, let us jump into this. Uh, Gunner, this past week, there's been some... Uh, some news about the epic the epic mega games i guess this is like an online store it's 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 a direct competitor to steam as far as video games and purchasing video games and that's yes. that's the fortnite guys right yep. yes epic games is fortnite um why don't you talk a little bit about it give us some intro and then we'll give well, some thoughts and, and and again um we gotta we gotta we gotta we gotta structure this right because epic is not just fortnite epic is also uh one of the people who make or it, actually, sorry, it is it is the company that makes uh, the Unreal Engine, which is basically the bread and butter for most modern game development at this point. Yeah, I mean, so uh, that's it, a, that's like a it's it's a gaming engine essentially that anyone that develops video games pretty much uses. Like they use the Unreal. It's a lot of games use the Unreal Engine. Well, and actually, to preface this before. Um, if people that don't PC use PC gaming um, that, that don't game on their PCs. If you, in the past, what would you say, 10, 12 years, if you wanted a game, you got it on Valve's platform, which was Steam. Steam is essentially a hub where you, that's just where you purchase all your games digitally. You still do. I mean, uh, when I bought um, Five Nights at Freddy's, I had to buy it through Steam. Mm -hmm. When I bought Bendy and the Ink Machine, I had to buy it through Steam. Bendy used to be like through their website, but there's some point in time where the game gets so popular, they can't host their own, um, their own content system. And they go through a distribution um, like Steam. It makes it a lot easier. You know, they have to patch a game. Steam handles all of that for you. Right. So, 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 so. Um, I mean, like, there's been... <coughs> so, um, there's been, like, kind of some weird shit going on in the background the last like year anyways because um i don't know did you play mass effect at all uh i've i did not um i've i've seen it played i've seen it streamed uh and i know about like the andromeda debacle <laughs> all right well okay so let's let's structure this accordingly so um the first so mass effect was a there was a basically there was a, a a trilogy of like these really huge role playing games that they, that uh, a company called Bioware did, and Bioware is a subsidiary of Electronic Arts. And the first two Bioware's, you could buy hard copies or um, get them through Steam. The first two Mass Effect games. Yes. Yeah. The third one, uh, EA uh, launched their own web store called origin yay yes which betcha is, it sucked oh gloriously. it is it is it is it in it, it, it is it is very much a huge pain in the ass and it is the primary reason that i never played mass effect 3 because i didn't have a console and i wanted it for the pc and i will not install i will not install origin <laughs> on any host I have. But um, Ubisoft has kind of done the same thing. And even if you bought a game, you know, Ubisoft would still let you buy games off of Steam, mm -hmm. but they would still require you to install their launcher to oh. do authentication. 
Oh. For their, so if you had a, if you bought a Steam game on there, then you would launch, oh. and then you would have to sign in. Oh my through god! Through their launcher to launch the game it sounds terrible. That's like opening Chrome to, in order to launch Firefox. Yes. What the or fuck? Internet ex- or Internet Explorer or actually, actually IE tabs kind of got it. Edge, Edge. You had to launch Chrome to launch Edge. You have to launch Edge to launch IE to launch Chrome. Yes. So, um, but you know, because the thing is, is that uh, so Steam takes like a 30% cut yeah. of any game that you sell on it. Yeah, just like Apple. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Epic, uh, when they launched their their store, it's you get eighty eight percent of. So they take twelve. Uh, yeah, yes, but but and it's also, um, they also did stuff where if you built a game in Unreal as part of your Unreal license, your game is fr- is list is listable on the Epic Store for free. Sure. Because it's basically considered it's considered part that that, that cut that cut or whatever. Yeah, and Unreal's a really their, their licensing term for the Unreal Engine. Yeah, Unreal's licensing terms are really nice for startups because I believe the threshold is five thousand. If you don't have five thousand yep. dollars worth of sales, you don't owe <laughs> Epic anything. Right. So you want to make a game and you're scraping by and you're doing it out of your basement, but it's going to be the the next great game. You don't have to pay them anything until you actually start turning profit, and that's great. That's great for for business. That's great for startups, for entrepreneurs, for people that have great ideas and they have skills to make the games, but they don't have the funds to do it. And uh, you know, again, because the other big competitor in that space is Unity. Um, Epic. I mean, other than not getting full support, like you have, you you don't have full support if you don't. But buy Unity the big doesn't game. have a distribution platform, though. Unity right? doesn't have a distribution platform. Which is like kind of like Epic, you know, Epic's going for that whole ecosystem kind of situation because supposedly they're they're coming up with a launcher. Their launcher will tie into the PS5 and, you know, the Xbox next-gen store as well. But you're saying like when it comes to the, hey, I'm going to pick a graphics engine off off the shelf. I want to build a game. I don't want to make all of the physics and, and stuff like that from scratch. I want to take somebody's 3D engine off the shelf. You're saying that pretty much Unreal is king, and the best next competitor is Unity, who does not offer a store at all. That is correct. Um. So, and I guess where 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 this follows though is that, um, as part of this, the you know again you you if you install Fortnite now you're installing their the Epic. You know, like the last update, you, you have the Epic Store. Oh, it sucks so bad. But. Um, Just my opinion, which is true. Well, but the other thing is, is that uh, Epic is going and uh, dumping a whole bunch of money for people to uh, exclusively sell games on their store. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, their prerogative, whatever, you know, I mean. Yeah, it, tr- trying to get their store beefed up right uh, yes i mean they that 12 percent, even though it's less than half of what steam or apple might be getting when a game gets sold it's still 12 percent, and it's 12 percent that keeps paying all they have to do is make sure the game's available they don't even have to worry about keeping the games up to date they they make the developers do all that shit they just got to have they just got to have places to for the games to be downloaded from to have ways to vet the the code to make sure that the code's not going to completely crash the device. 
I mean, it's it's a freaking cash cow. It's a great business model. But if you've ever installed Fortnite on a computer, you realize that it is it is not even close to the experience of Steam. Right. Steam downloads, updates, installs in in what seems like seconds. That Epic Games launcher, it takes like ten minutes just for the thing to start up. Then after it's started, you go to launch you go to launch Fortnite and Fortnite takes another twenty minutes because for some reason when an update comes out to Fortnite, it updates the whole fucking game. Yeah, well that's like a that's I'm seeing as a recent trend. Um, PUBG has the same thing, and actually, yeah. this is the same thing on console. So, like with PUBG, whenever there is an update, whether it's a new map that's that's rolling out, which I could understand with that, but even if it's just uh, small tweaks to the physics engines, like the bullet drops and, and, and things like that, or even maybe how things look, you got to essentially re-download the entire game, which is like yeah, I don't get it. I would like to at least be able to run around and play like by myself. While I wait for this engine to update. Yeah, it's like 13 gigs. And if you don't have a great internet connection, you could be there for hours waiting for that shit to download. Yeah, I don't pay for like the super crazy ultra fast internet at home, which I should because I'm a tech guy. But I don't because I don't really need it. Like we can stream Netflix on a few devices at a time without the the, the image quality (sighs) degrading. We got a 4K TV, but we don't pay for any of the 4K content. We don't need to be able to download 13 gigs. Gunner just got super excited (laughs) about something. Yeah. I haven't seen him this excited. In a long oh, boy. <laughs> so, um, did you ever see any of the pics of the dude over in Poland who fucked with his license plate so that it had the string attached to it so that when the yeah. camera reader... Somebody did that with a fucking DNA sequence to 23andMe. They inserted garbage... They okay. inserted a string into their, 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 their gene sequence mm-hmm. and it fucking, it fucking wiped... <laughs> really? Oh, uh, is it? Actually, oh, so you were, oh, I was like, I got to pull the article up. Is weird, but yes. Yeah, so, biohackers Connor, Connor, we're talking. Mail. You know, we're talking about something else, right? I know, but that's so fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you realize you just changed topics and your topic? I know, but that's like how fucking how. <laughs> How so fucking, so somebody how was metal is that? So somebody was able to insert some bad stuff into their gene sequence and crash out the twenty three and me database? Yes. <laughs> I don't even see how that's possible. Uh they just threw everything off? I don't know. I don't know. That sounds pretty cool. But let's get back yes. to that because you can you can like embed anything you want inside DNA. It's pretty weird. Yeah. You know, cuz it's just a it's it's really just data sequence. What is it? Four? Is it four different? Yes. But the, so the, the yeah, embedded embedded uh for the first time, we the software into physical strands of DNA so that when a gene sequencer analyzes its resulting data, it becomes a program that corrupts the gene sequencing software and takes control of the underlying computer. Wow, that's fucking sweet. Um, All right, back to so anyway, cartoon, cartoon, cartoon. So, so, so you're going to release a game on the Epic Store and you're going to put your DNA sequence in there and it's going to take over the whole store, is yes, what you're saying? Yes, I, I Well, actually, really... Uh, Really, the the thing is, is that uh, you didn't use sufficient um, containment protection mm-hmm. when uh, yurkin the gherkin, as it were, at, mm-hmm. the, at the desktop. And yes, it will usurp control of your account and then buy buy a whole bunch of romance novels because that's totally not you. I like how you just turned this into a masturbation conversation. That's okay because I know a lot more about that than I do the Epic Game Store. Well, I, I listen, <laughs> we we try we try and be all inclusive here on Friendship Snake. So so we got this Epic Game Store. Um, it's one of its big selling points is that hey, we'll publish indie games 
that use the Unreal Engine. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll publish them on our portal. And is it completely free? Is it a small registration fee? Because I know with most with most um, of those, like, hey, I'm, I want to be a developer, a game developer, or a software developer, you kind of got to pay a little bit in order to get a certification. So usually they'll vet you. Yeah. Like uh, um, with like I put I have software that's certified by Apple, and they put me through uh, a third party service called I think it's called Duns and Bradstreet DNB. Okay. Yeah. DNB. Yeah. DNB is. Yeah, that's like well, that's like a credit check for for companies, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. D&B goes and they kind of take a look at, at at myself, my brother, our company to see if there's anything bad, and then if there's been any shady behavior, then they go back to Apple and they say, no, don't give these guys a certificate. In our case, we we're pretty clean, <laughs> which doesn't really give them a whole lot of information to work on, but we ended up getting our certificate from Apple. Um, I don't know if there's if. If, if Epic has a similar process or if, if really the draw right now is, hey, there's no shit on our app store, we'll take whoever. You know, it's like I, the I, first I, 100 app developers, come on board. I do kind of wonder. I think a lot of it is Fortnite was this monstrous success that no one saw that was actually mm-hmm. kind of an afterthought at first. Like the, the Fortnite game that all you parents out there that have kids that are playing it are going nuts over it. The the mode that they're playing was like this afterthought mode. It was never. It was the original game and how it was intended to play was like intended to be played was essentially like a building slash surviving uh, zombie hordes. Like that's that's how that's what the original game was intended. That's what the paid content is. Right. And then they had this ah we have this free to play like battle royale kind of mode and that's what like took off and frankly has been. It's it has been kind of crazy. Like it's similar to the Minecraft kind of. And, and this is an interesting problem with a with a with a viral product. Uh, I was listening to um, an NPR episode. Um, I can't think of the name of the company, and I feel bad that I can't. But it was the um, the very popular uh, cookie dough company. <clears throat> I think it was just called like dough or something like okay. that. But um, what happened was they they opened a store in new york city and they realized they had people waiting like four hours to eat this cookie dough and it it, they had the the demand was so much higher than the supply and it only made the demand higher because everybody wanted to be able to say hey i was one of the first people to try this cookie dough now you can go to the malls and get cookie dough you know just about anywhere but there's still lines Sure. There's still lines at these cookie dough places, but what the what this 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 uh, entrepreneur started bringing in some people to help with the business side, and what the entrepreneur learned very quickly was you have to be able to survive the viral success, because you get all these people, all the staff, and 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 all this distribution, you get your product out there, but once once the fad dies down, you need to be able to sustain a company without laying off too many people. And this is an interesting problem. So like um, if you think about Fortnite, Fortnite right now is popular, but the next game is coming out within the next five or 10 years and everybody's going to move to that next game. And that's kind of what like they're trying to, it's kind of the beauty of it and how it's evolved. Like Epic really has taken the lead as far as how to roll out a game and keep it relevant relevant for years and not just relevant but like the most popular game like it's, it's like it's like um if you think of when netflix offered their streaming service the predominant business model was physical dvds yes and 
I don't know if they saw the writing on the wall or if they got lucky, but at some point they said, let's see if we can stream some of these. And to this day, they're still the most streamed uh, television service, although YouTube could be argued as the most streamed now, which is weird because I don't consider that TV, but that's because I'm old. Young kids consider that the only thing that they need. <clears throat> I mean... But Netflix was able to reinvent their business model, and it, the new product that they came out with actually turned out to make them much larger and much more profitable than the old product. There's less logistics with the new product, right? You want to get a DVD to somebody, there's a certain weight. You want to acquire a new customer. Somehow you have to add, you have to pay a lot in advertising to draw them in, and then even when they pay you money, they don't get the product in their hand right away. With regular Netflix, they can do stuff like, hey, you know what? We'll give you a 30-day trial. And they suck you right in. Yeah. yeah, there's a cost to that trial, just like there was a cost to the advertising to get people to buy the physical DVDs. But there's there's it's not a direct cost, right? Right. It's a service that they're already offering. And offering it to somebody for 30 days is, is, is luring in more clients. So Netflix was able to change the way that they did business. It was able to keep them sustainable even after their original product failed. Um, and I shouldn't say failed, but when their original product sizzled away. Fortnite's going to sizzle away at some point. Well, it's going to have to sizzle away, and it's going to – there's no sign right now. Like, right. there's nothing out there right now. Um, and I don't know if it's because it's the games industry – uh, to begin with, or because it's so kind of, there's just a lot of factors to it, right? But I just, I definitely feel like this store um, is a bit of a reach. I'm not, I'm not admonishing it because, I mean, frankly, like if it's Valve like, could fucking do it, then why can't Epic do it? Well, to you me, know? it's like it's like Microsoft making a store. And Gunnar, sorry, I, I know you just started trying to talk. It's like Microsoft trying to make a store, right? If you're on Windows and you want a game. You don't go to Windows App Store, generally. You can. There's a no, couple on there. Download Steam. And you, you... you grab Steam or you just go to the game's website. You, you, nobody is taking Microsoft seriously as a game's platform. So f for Microsoft to push and push and push and push for their mm -hmm. store, it's like, what are you trying to do? On, on the flip side of that, the Apple um, on the iPhone, the app store and the iPhone is where a lot of people get their games. And they have a game center and it stores your progress and, and stuff like that. So Apple is kind of perceived as a serious player in the game store, even though it's cell phone gaming. Uh, and, and so, and maybe we go back to a little detail. So um, to, to kind of, not that people generally care, but to be a little more clear on the terms of the license. So you have a 5% royalty that you're charged, if you, especially with a free license, if you if you do, if you distribute their game, over five thousand dollars worth of over, sales, over, right? Over five thousand. Was I right with that? Yes. So if you sell it through Epic's Epic Store, they waive that. And what they if you they if you, waive it because they're getting the other kickback. Yes. Gotcha. And if you're in their developer program, uh, they also will. If you're in the first twenty four months that the title is on sale. Mm -hmm. They'll drop that twelve percent share down to five percent. Oh, nice! So the five percent they would have gotten with the five thousand dollars sales, they're saying, you know what? We need we need apps inside our store. We're just going to turn that five percent into a uh, mm. the actual sales through our store, and that's nice because they don't have to double dip. Um, as a game developer, I mean, I'm not one, but. It, if we were to put our heads in, in the mind of a game developer, you figure that 5%, it almost is incentivizing you to just sell it on your website because you don't want to give them, what was it, 12% on top of that? 
It was twelve percent total if uh, on the Epic's Game Store. Yeah, so but if you you're there for over Epic. a year, Gunner, did you say it's it's down twenty four months? So two years or two years, it's down to five percent. So so Epic would be getting seventeen percent if you were pay, if you were licensing the engine. You had more than five thousand dollars worth of sales, and you were paying them the store but fee. But I believe that it's waived. Is it waived on their store? The five percent is waived yes, on their the, store. Yes, the, if, if you sell, if you sell, right. if you sell through yeah. their store, so the first forty-eight. So if you have months. the free, well, and in the first twenty-four months, they or will twenty-four not, months, they will not charge you the full twelve. They will not take the full twelve. They, will they not won't take, take the 12, twelve. They'll take right. the five. So what they've done is they've kind of said whatever licensing you would have paid us, we'll just take it out of the store. And that's pretty cool, too, because from an accounting perspective, right, you sell the app on your site, you're taking credit cards, you have to make sure that you know exactly how much you're, you're making because you have to be able to, to account for that and you have to be able to write a check back to Epic. However, if you go through their store and that's the only place you sell, you don't even have to worry about writing them a check. It's taken off the top of every sale. It's kind of like the PayPal transaction fee. It's if like PayPal a weird... charge you at the end of the year for all those four percent. People would it would be like tax time. They'd be like, I don't know how to fucking I don't know how to get this money to pay PayPal mm-hmm. because it already went back out the door. It's a weird um, thing, and, I, and I'm trying I'm trying to and I'm failing at it. Like I'm trying to think of a metaphor. The Empire Empire Zone Act. Where New York State says, you know what, you bring your business into here, we'll make you tax exempt for twenty years. Is, yeah, it's, or, it, but it's, like a like a right like, would you say like the throughway, like you you pay to get on the throughway because this is the fastest well, way. Could you imagine like multiple throughways? You, 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 the, the 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 other thing is is that effectively, um, the way that Epic is doing the licensing right now, they're having the sales of their vendors or the sales of their 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 developers fund the further like support and development of the store you know like it's there it would the way like they just they just they're really not even so much focused on like yeah, that's an interesting ganking, point ganking cash from it right now because their big thing is getting license you know getting license fees from unreal engine developers mm-hmm. and selling their own games or the microtransactions in their games they're using they're basically using other people's sales to subsidize the build out of yeah i get that, that and that, that's that, an interesting that part cuz you're kind of robbing away from the development side but that depends on how they chop up the money right yeah i mean if if all of the app store revenue goes back to the app store then you're really starving the game engine which is what brought them into begin well, with but the game engine's you know but it depends on how how people want to go too it, it, it works either way because if they everybody moves over to the game engine. All that money that Steam's been taking, you know, they that they've lost out on comes their way anyways. But man, they got it. They got to figure it out because, like with Steam, I ha- I've had the same. I don't know, thirty, forty, fifty friends on Steam. I've had those same friends on my Steam list forever. They're always on there. They're always. I always can see which games they played. The next closest thing to that, I would say, is like Discord. Discord, you install on your computer, you give it permission, and it will it will watch um, what games you open. And then, as people see you online on Discord, you can say, "Oh, hey, I know that Wade's Wade's playing PUBG today," and then maybe I'm going to go buy it and play it. But this Epic's game launcher is just a full screen billboard for for the few games that they offer through the game launcher. It's extremely slow. It's a huge download. And then it doesn't let you do anything while you're trying to launch your game. You just have to sit there for 20, 30 minutes while this freaking game launches. And 
I don't know. Maybe it's not as bad on console. Maybe this is really there's no there like, and that's kind of an interesting thing because there is no Epic's game launcher on console. It's all through the Microsoft store. Yeah, you don't have a choice. Yeah, like you don't, and I'm pretty sure that will never change because there's no way that Microsoft is going to let a third party developer install a fucking launcher store in the. You know what I mean? All the transactions for like Fortnite, you download Fortnite on the Microsoft store, and then all the transactions and money that you pay. It's, to me, it's, it's like Fortnite. To me, this this is like this is like a company, like a startup drink company, saying they can take on Coca Cola. Yeah, like yeah, You're saying they don't got the money. You have the most. It's like 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 it, like like when Red Bull first came out, right? It's like them saying that they're going to start distributing other people's drinks because they're already they already have the distribution network. It's like, well, yeah, you do, but you haven't been in business, and I don't know if they're a good example because, for all I know, they are distributed by Coca Cola. I don't well, know, well, but co- like it's, it's it's yeah, you might you might be distributing a lot of product right now, but once that fad wears out, you better hope that all of these people jump ship, jump into your distribution. So that you can stay afloat because it's not going to be the most popular drink forever. Whereas Coca-Cola owns so many drinks that they will always be able to uh, to be profitable at the end of their distribution cycle. Well, it's kind of funny that that you make that reference because you say like it's like a small startup going up against Coca-Cola. But I mean, frankly, like Epic... Really, the Unreal Engine. It's right. been that's right, right, they've right. been the only game in town essentially for uh, a gaming environment. Right. It's like they're a juggernaut on their own. They they from a games perspective, but not from a distribution sure, perspective. Absolutely, absolutely. But I mean, I guess it, to their to their point, um, and not I'm not and I, I actually have mixed feelings on this, so I I don't really think I'm biased on it. To their point, it's kind of like, dude, Valve was just a fucking game developer. You know what I mean? Like well, they yeah. created Steam, and then all of a sudden they got started getting these massive streams of income. Mm-hmm. You know, because so they did it first. Here's here's yeah. the question though: Is Epic making a play now? Because effectively, Steam has let the whole thing rot underneath them. Because there are a lot of there are a lot of systemic problems with Steam at this point. Either and with Steam content needs, curation, and Steam needs competition. I just want to see good software compete with them. Yes, not some bloated fucking no, no, full no, screen no, and it's, billboard for the game I already own. I don't I don't understand how that is even. Steam is a little tiny app that runs in the corner, and when you open it, it only takes up ten percent of your screen. Epic thinks that their launcher is the fucking next best thing. It's their icon is dumb. It's not even an icon. Their icon just says Epic Launcher on it. Whereas Steam and actually they actually have branding, right? They have the whole Valve Steam looking pipes and whatever. They have branding. The 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 actual Steam software itself has that like almost like that military green, that dark like camouflage green color theme that they have going on but i'm with you too gunner they need competition and you know they need competition when i went and bought and i don't know how this happened but i went and bought five nights at freddy's the first version of it was never released for mac they never warned me steam is the company that's providing all of the statistics when you read hey how many people are still using pc for gaming how many people are using an xbox controller with a pc what brand keyboards are you using it's because steam comes up and it says hey we're taking a survey on hardware and on game usage would you like to participate and most people like steam that use it and they're like yeah i'll give you my data well what the fuck steam you know exactly what hardware i have 
You know the compatibility list of this game because the manufacturer has to provide it to you. But in no way, shape, or form did you throw up a red flag when I bought a game that was not compatible with my device. I'm, comp I'm right with you, Gunner. There is something rotting underneath the core. But that said, the games are still downloading, right? Yep. And the downloadable content is still coming through. They have, um, they have their chat service. Uh, they have their store, which they're making money on. New games are going on that store. They have like the, what's the indie bundles that they do? The humble, the, they're, they're humble, well, the they're humble not, bundles they're not, that but they they're do. They're not just, you know, that's not just them. They're also on good old games. And actually, yeah, because this is, each of them has their own weird dimension. Like good old games is probably the least obnoxious one out of all of them. But it's not. It's not even a client. It's just a web page, right? You know? But let's talk about the humble bundle, right? Yeah. The humble bundle is just as good of an idea. Yes. As Epic saying, "Get our engine." The difference is, is the humble bundle says, "And Wade, you're familiar with it, right?" Um, not exactly. The humble bundle is a promotional thing. It's kind of like, um, uh like independent films type deal, right? It's the little tiny indie game developers. Okay. But what they do is, is they offer these humble bundles for dirt cheap. So they'll say, hey, you actually get 15 games for $10. Gotcha, okay. And we're going to call it the humble bundle. And it's humble because these game developers, were they never made it big. Right. So it is a very humbling feeling to even be part of this pack, but it's also an honor because if Steam throws you inside one of their humble bundles, there's going to be a lot of downloads. And I think Gunner's point is that the humble bundle actually is a is a is a out. It's something. It's an organization that's outside of Steam, right? Yeah. That markets and works with these game developers and tries to push them. But the end result to the customer is exactly the same. If you're a game developer. Um, and I guess not the customer, the client. If you're a game developer and you want to use Steam as a store, you want to get inside that Humble Bundle because you know there's going to be you know, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people downloading and installing your game, and you'll have a chance of being the next Fortnite. Or, or maybe Fortnite's a bad example because that's a phenomenon, but you have the chances of being the next Five Nights at Freddy's right. where you got this small little game, but it has enough of a, of a cultural impact that you can actually make a career out of it. So, but what Epic is doing though, Epic, what Epic is doing is more incestual. They say, yeah, but you better use our game engine. Yeah. I, it's like, a, it's such a weird argument because you want competition. You want this thing. Like, so when, well, in the, when I first hear about it and when I first started using the Epic game launcher, I was kind of yeah. like, all right, these fucking guys. They, I was pissed off at them essentially because it's like you're adding more clients to my computer that I don't really feel necessary to launch games before. Steam, for the most part, it was functional for for you know for the for the for the average person or whatever. It was not much wrong with it that you could see on the uh, on the outside. But you know, the more you delve into it, it's kind of like well, they're being less greedy though, and they're trying to provide competition, and mm -hmm. they're so really, what is Epic doing that's wrong? You know. Less greedy is relative, though. I mean, when Walmart moved in and their prices were lower than everybody else's, that's yeah, a good point. Like but, it was a good the, deal. But the, but the other thing is, is that um, Steam Steam doesn't have a concept of an exclusive, right? You know, like I mean, like you, you, you the, the the so just, Epic's is an exclusivity contract. They're the, they'll at least only that, give you that five no, percent no, no, if no, you stay out of Steam. They haven't said that, but all the big ones that they're getting, they're for they're making they're 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 signing them signing exclusivity agreements. So the only way that you can get it on the PC is through Epic. Yeah. 
But their argument you know, is Steam so, as far as market share goes, Steam owns so much well, more of the market that we have to do this. Otherwise, there's no point in it. It's it's funny because you look at like it, people are kind of trapped in the like, people kind of get trapped in the past, and it's like not that you're involved and not that you played single player player that much, but like. Either you guys kind of hung up on the idea that there's never going to be a Half-Life 3. They're never going to finish that story. Or they're not going to make it. They're never going to make a sequel to Portal. Or any of that. You know, because the thing is is that fundamentally Valve stopped being a game development studio. Right, right. But then, I know, but you're tacking that onto your point about Steam being kind of rotting at the core. Netflix, it's like saying that, that that Netflix ships its DVDs and it takes an extra day, right? It's not their core business model anymore. Well, you know, and so, then, but, yeah, it's sad that, that Half-Life may never get a version 3, but the thing is, is Half-Life 2 took like fucking 12 years to come out. Yeah. Well, so but, what happens if it's 14? No, 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 no. And, I, and I, I guess the thing is, is that like, it, it's, interesting watch, it's, it's, it's interesting watching these things mature because Epic is very much in the same style as what Valve used to be. When they first launched Steam, where they actually have first-party content, that's also the primary thing that they're going to drive with the store. I mean, like Correct. They, not just outside yeah, yeah. developers. You're, yeah, because Steam launched with their own stuff first. And Epic has first-party titles that they bring they bring mm-hmm. to that table. And Steam has kind of gone off on this Microsoft bent where like, we're on a software thing. Like, Actually, the one of the things that isn't talked about, um, there's kind of been some leaks now. So 40% of the current VR development on PC is on a device that's not identified, at least if you do the Steam statistics. And what mm-hmm. it looks out is that Valve, like because they had 16 teams working against each other, finally has their own full mm-hmm. full view VR system that they've been like. I'm trying to working. figure out if you love them or hate them right now, because that sounds like they're. It sounds like they're they're trying to catch. They're trying to catch the next big wave. They're they're doing their own thing. Yes, and good no, for them, because, right? Well, no, because you know, and like we, we talk, you know, like again, there's some frustration with like the P, You have these first party developers kind of fighting over the pieces of like who's got the first. It's it's who's going to be the premier transatlantic ship, and meanwhile, Valve's working on like oh by the way we just didn't, we just actually like. We didn't just invent. We perfected the air. We perfected the airliner. We'll see you guys. We'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Yeah, it's, when you get here, <laughs> it's it's interesting that you say you know do you love them or hate them, and I think it's a bit of both, right? Like they Valve got big off these games that were massive influences, and now they're not a game company, not because they can't be, but because it's not profitable for them to be. It's more profitable for them to be like a distributor or a, a hardware developer or. But I mean, I think Nintendo kind of explained the problem with this, and that's that you, like, I mean, Nintendo's bigger problem was that they relied on console sales, but I think it's a similar problem. You can put all of the resources possible into Half-Life 3, but if Half-Life 3 doesn't sell, then that's just wasted resources. So... I don't know what the demand of a third Half Life even is. I don't. I haven't, I haven't talked to a kid that's even heard of Half Life. Well, the problem is they've let it go so long, right? Like it's been Jesus. How long has it been since even Half Life Two came out? Half Life One was ninety seven, ninety eight, I think. Gained popularity in like the two, early two thousands. Half Life Two, Half Life Two dropped, and all these games. But dude, 
But, but there's I, not I a kid that's a heard of it, but there's mistake. definitely a kid that's heard of Counter Strike because it's still an e esports. That's like, true, but Counter Strike is still competitive. I would mm-hmm. say I would say that that the biggest the biggest um, harm that was done to the Half Life franchise was that they didn't take the uh, the multiplayer version of it seriously. Like you said to me, Gunner, you said to Wade, now you said you guys probably didn't play the first player that much, the single player that much. I've played it, but that's a true story. I played the the actual deathmatch or the yeah, competitive no, play was... so much more. And if you have you if you've done that with Half Life Two, you realize that it's actually like a really bad yes. multiplayer game. No, it, 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 so it was... if you really want to talk about what killed the franchise, you could almost look right at PUBG and Fortnite and say, right now competitive gaming is on the rise, and Team... they shot that franchise in the foot. By not making Half Life Two a serious competitive game, they left. Well, and again, because like, really, their 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 multiplayer focus was Team Fortress or Counter Strike, and like Counter Strike kind of came became the east. You know, Counter Strike is the esport thing just because it ran on shitty computers. And Team Fortress and, is fun, but Team Fortress is not deathmatch. Well, no, and, and Team, For- team, and team Fortress, Fortress, you have to work on a team, and one jackass can screw up your whole team, and and really. Team Fortress Team Fortress is like a relaxing competitive sport, right? You're not all stressed out when you're playing Team Fortress generally. You have a whole crew of people, each you got a medic and you hope the medic can find you when you're hurt. Team Fortress is a completely different type of, of competitive gaming. Uh, yeah, I mean Team Fortress is to Fortnite as although Fortnite can be can be significantly more stressful, I guess, as Counter Strike is to PUBG. Like it's just kinda like a level of seriousness almost. You know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah. <clears throat> It's, it's definitely it's a definitely an interesting concept because you you do say like well you know Half Life Two the base Half Life Two had crap multiplayer because that's not essentially what they intended it for and they they kind of said okay we're taking the engine from Half Life Two and just continuing on yeah. Counter Strike and right. um, Team Fortress but or Team Fortress Two but the it's but it's like a movie sequel otherwise right yeah you have to hope that enough people watched the first two. That they're going to go to the theater and watch the third, and I don't know if there's a big enough audience for that. So even, I know you're asking about Half Life. Personally, yes. I mean, I liked the Half Life. I liked the Half Life game. I liked the multiplayer. The single player was fun. But I don't. I don't know if I'm dying to. I, I, I'm not. I try not to live in consumption of stuff I grew up with. Because I know that the that the the economic engine that is the the United States and the world is moving forward with whatever, and it's not moving forward because it's nostalgic for me. Sometimes we luck out and something like Stranger Things comes out, and it's like okay, they hit nostalgia, and they have like the pop appeal in the in the current market, and it's it's the best of both worlds. It's really cool to see Winona Ryder in a TV show. That the entire world is watching. That's really cool and exciting. But if somebody asked me five years ago if I wanted to see Winona Ryder, Winona Ryder, Winona Ryder, yeah, sorry, yeah, I'm getting <laughs> fucking made fun of for that one. Um, <laughs> if, if somebody asked me if I wanted to see her in like a, an extremely popular TV show, I'd say I really don't. I really don't want to see her. The- like. The problem, uh, the problem with all that is nostalgia. <clears throat> I think at this point, a Half Life Three would just be the would essentially be for the people that are nostalgic for Half Life One and Two, right? And they want to see the chapter closed. And that, and in that regard, I agree. But I also recognize that it's kind of a selfish thing because here's a couple of things. One, 
it's probably not going to be the most profitable thing for Steam. It would just be a passion project for them, which is nothing wrong with passion projects, but it's it's significantly more difficult to do passion projects when you're expected to make well x it, amount of dollars. It, it, yeah, you just don't, you're just throwing away money at that point. And I guess maybe this is, this is this is the thing is that I don't necessarily know if they're going to build a game around it, but it really does seem like in though they haven't like said that officially yet. I mean like you, you know there there's production hardware out there now though. Valve is really focused on doing the Half-Life equivalent like what Half-Life did for the the whole PC game the PC gaming thing. They're trying to do this for a VR, for a VR like like this is this is how this is supposed to work cuz you could I mean like there's a lot there's lots of other games and like even that like the original Half-Life was based off of Quake. Right. And Quake 2. And um but it, it really kind of is the quintessential. This is this is what a per, this is what this is how a PC multi, you, you, to your point. This is how a PC multiplayer game is supposed to work. This is this is the this is the quintessential. This is the baseline experience. But I think Half Life multiplayer was an accidental success. I don't believe that they ever intended it on being taken as a serious deathmatch. I think Quake did. Yeah. But I don't think Half Life did. The weapons didn't really make sense for 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 deathmatch. Well, you but, had a gun that could shoot through walls. You had a uh, in, instead of a sniper rifle, you had a crossbow where the where the arrow immediately immediately traveled from the bow to the person you were shooting. There was no time delay like they introduced in Half Life Two, and that time delay in Half Life Two made it a, a, an impossible weapon to actually use in a deathmatch. Well, no, but I mean, like in, in, in Half Life, because I, I guess the thing where you, where you're talking about that is that um, you know you can say that the, the player mechanics and stuff like that. The weapons themselves, I think, were their behaviors were very much optimized for people with shitty with shitty network connections. You know, just just how just how things how things work because you know, like yeah, but, but wasn't you, that accidental? Well, you can say it's you know without going back in the developer notes and stuff like that because I, I I guess the thing is that you and, know and that was it, like, and they didn't write that that came from Quake. Right, they didn't write the physics engine. No, they, they that all came directly well, actually, from Quake. I, bullets source, going around, bullets going around walls. You know, turning corners, which is what happens when you're when you're lagging out. Bullets turning corners. That was part of the Quake engine. I'm not sure actually how because the source source wasn't just like source was really hacked up, and this is maybe a separate conversation. You know, a, a separate thing going, not backing down from source. You're talking point. golden source. The the the, the no, golden source engine, the original the, yes yeah. the original the original source because like they there was so much bastardization that they they did when they, because it's it's really like it's not Quake and it's not Quake Two it's like a hybrid of the two and they built a whole bunch of stuff for it to kind of facilitate. You got to question what the point of licensing it was after they got done. And and, and if anything, that's why Counter Strike was such a good platform. Because the multiplayer worked well. The multiplayer engine that they built it on top of, because it was really just Half-Life, Half-Life yeah. 1, multiplayer. Team Fortress, you know, Team, Team Fortress, Fortress the Day same of Defeat. Way. Now, the other thing about Team Fortress I have to ask about, because I don't really know about the Team Fortress um, that well. Did Team Fortress start off as an id title? No, no, so Team, no. no uh, Team Fortress Team Fortress was a quite... So, all of, all of the quintessential ones uh-huh. that became kind of like, you know... a name brand associated with valve yeah we're we're originally quake mods 
Yeah, because they're, por- they're because ports. Team Fortress for Half Life was released as Team Fortress Classic when it first came out, and that's why it, it was something before that. You're saying it was an actual mod on top of Quake, yes. That eventually became a mod on top of on top of Half Life, yes. Because that's what I didn't understand. I'm like, how is it classic? <laughs> how is this title Fort- classic yeah, when it, it, it's it, the first time I've well, seen it? It's, in the, it's the fork from, from Valve. That makes sense. Then did Valve buy their team? Yes. Oh, okay. So they bought the modding team. That originally wrote Team Fortress as as this plugin on top of the Quake Quake Two engine. Well, yes, the Quake Two engine, and and then when it was re released in the Steam Store, re released actually it was back then it was on CDs. Yeah, and it was really released on CDs. They put the name Classic on there so that you knew it was based off of the Quake mod. I've always wondered that, but then Half Life really ran with that, right? Because Team Fortress Two was like a completely brand new game, right? Where the you, you didn't all look like the same person. Well, because like, it's built it's built over source two. Right. Right. It's built off of the Half Life Two engine. Sorry, I have to call it that. Well, actually was it Gary was it Gary's mod? Gary's mod, yeah. Gary's mod was cool. Gary's, Gary's mod, mod was so mod. ahead of its time. There's still mods that do they still that. Make, they still Physics make crap. They, no, but they still well because Gary's mod uh Gary's mod was also big because of um making machinima movies movies with it just like doing, there's like doing and there's jokes. still like uh there are still popular streamers like vanos gaming uh-huh. they're a popular youtuber they still play gmod like that's, really it's still happening yeah but there's so many oh iterations God. of that now you know like uh like i mean just as one example because my kids play it with roblox there's some worlds you can go into where you get to screw around with a physics engine just like you could with gary's mod that whole concept, I don't remember that before Gary's Mod. I don't remember being able to walk into a map and be able to like th- put a CO2 tank on somebody's back, pop the end off the CO2 tank and make them rocket into the sky. I don't remember anything that was as modular as Gary's Mod. Where you, could, you, could, you could attach a thousand balloons to a car and make it fly, fly up into the air. And then they eventually pop and then the car comes back down. And then gravity takes over. So I know it wasn't a topic that we originally thought about talking. What, what about what about Apple yanking Facebook and Google's uh, oh, fucking gosh, certificates? Yeah. What so, happened? <laughs> so um, Gunner probably knows a little bit more about this, but in, you remember I was saying you have to be certified in order to be in these stores? Yeah, absolutely. There are some really special certifications that you can get from uh, from Apple, and you can actually distribute software that never makes it into the store. Okay. Now, most people would say, why would you want to do this? The reason is, is because sometimes the software that's not going through the store actually is not public software. So let's say, for example, um, let's say there's there's an app that the government uses. They wrote it. They want that app on every government phone but they don't want the general public to just be able to download this app to and get access play to it. Around with it and... They'll distribute it internally through their own mechanisms, but it'll still be able to go on the device. Now, the problem with this is, is that it, it's a huge security vulnerability. <clears throat> because if you have this type of certificate where you can install an app without going to the app store, you can distribute viruses, right? You can distribute whatever crap software you want to, and it bypasses all of the security checks. It's 
This is something you cannot do on an iPhone. If I write an app at my house, even if I pay certification to Apple, you cannot put it on your device unless it goes through that store. There's no way to do it. Hmm. However, big corporations are issued these certificates, but they're under very, very, very strict guidelines. And the guidelines say you can only distribute them to your employees. And what did Facebook and Google do? So um, what? So uh, Facebook and Google were issued um, internal certificates, basically for their like corporate development, or you know, you know, doing like again, like he was, like Trace was saying, like so that they could bypass the store. And the problem with that is that uh, they both uh, rolled out apps. They were actually, I think they were paying people, if, if, if I remember. So they were paying people to install these apps that basically bypassed all of the security and privacy protection. From like Apple and Google stores? Or from just App- Apple yeah, store? Yeah, Apple store. Okay, Apple's, okay. Well, th- so the problem is, is these people were not employees. So they, they, they pushed it out to customers. And so they were doing like... The Facebook beta program. You want to see what the next version of Facebook looks like? We can give it to you before it hits the App Store. Yes, and they. So, but, but they 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 used a certificate that they were explicitly contractually mm-hmm. obligated not to to distribute to the public. But it to even bypass the stuff he's talking about, where they're paying. Yeah, it was Facebook saying, "Hey, you know what? We can actually collect way more information on you." Yeah, the, basically, we can all that bypass parent- the security. All the all that oh, Apple puts in place, so all that all that. But shit, you have like, to agree to it. So layman terms, what they're happening is Facebook had an agreement and a certificate for their application for Facebook. For Facebook, that you yeah. use. Facebook came out with a new version, and instead of going to Apple and saying we'd like to roll out this version, well, version, take a look at it, see if it meets your terms and conditions on your store, and then install it. They were like, Nah, we're just gonna push this and use this on the old certificate under the guise of the old certificate. Have you guys used this new kind of beta version or whatever? This, this is preview, even, and then no, they were just this it's, is even it's, stranger. It's malware. This it's, is it's this is more like malware. malware. Yeah. Okay. They actually said to the people, "It's like me saying, hey, Wade.'" I have an exciting opportunity for you. You can make $10 a day if you let me steal all of your data, everything that you're doing, right? And in order to do that, I need to be able to look inside and see what you're doing. I need to bypass the security of the device. Mm. The only the only certificate that allowed that type of access was only supposed to be rolled out to employees because the idea oh, is okay. my company owns the phone, my company can spy on the device. The moment that one person outside the company gets gets a, gets that app, we've violated our terms of service. And the fact that they were doing it in such a shady way, they were pretty much getting non-employees to share their data using, they were exploiting yeah. They were really exploiting that license to do things that, that they contractually signed an agreement that they wouldn't do. But what's weird is that they shut down Google, too. Was Google just doing the exact same thing? Yes. And that really makes you wonder. They, well, no, they're, 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 it's, you know, I've made the, I made the joke, like, that kind of what prompted the cat comment earlier this week, but I... I, I think I think I'm I think we're gonna make the plunge and see what life is like without without Facebook or that stuff on because it's just they're they're bad actors they can't mm-hmm. they can't they, 
Not that, not what that my Google? fucking. What about Google? Google? Google's Google's gonna suck, but I'm gonna have to figure something out on that front too, because it's just you can't. They're they're completely untrustable. Like they just they're 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 they're, 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 they're they you know never mind company stuff. It's just they're they're intentionally and unrepentantly bad actors, and that we just live we live we we, we live in a world where we've hamstrung the government so much that they're never they're never gonna fucking bash their face in and there's no competitor so it's um, just you gotta figure something out cause yesterday I was hanging out with two friends and they both use they both use the corporate email mm-hmm. um, uh, at their at their workplace they use the corporate email on their personal phones and they said that contacts from their personal email um, are starting to those contacts, almost like it parsed their contacts without permission, Facebook is now asking them to be friends with those people. And they said that they've had no other communication with them outside of. And I said, well, maybe, you know, Facebook figured out that you're all connecting from the same IP address. And they're like, yeah, maybe. But uh, they both believe that the Facebook app found an exploit with the way that the... um, Microsoft Exchange or Outlook pulls or whatever. Your con- pulls your professional contacts or yeah. contacts from work. Yeah, and they believe that Facebook found a way to read those even when you said no to the question. Yeah, no. Can, does, can I have access to your contacts? It's... I believe it. I, I, I believe I, it's possible. Face, I don't, I don't no, no, I'm not accusing I, them I, of doing I, that, but I believe I, it's possible. I believe that at this point you have, to tr- you have to explicitly treat the Facebook client as if it was a hostile piece of software. Yeah, I agree with that. It's it's just it they 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 cannot, you know. It, we it, promised we'd never talk about Facebook though, so you gotta be careful. But keep going. They're, they're listening. It's listening right now. Stop listening. But okay, it, Facebook. Okay, Facebook. stop listening. They don't. They haven't jumped into that market yet. The whole Google Home, Alexa, they tried. Siri. They did. Yes. They had Facebook homes. They had. They had. They had. They had. You know what? They're always listening. Well, no, (laughs) but they they had. They had an appliance that they were trying to push down. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what the fuck. Like it. I think it died on the vine. Oh, you know what? Um, talking about security gunner. What about freaking Apple shutting down group FaceTime? Oh fuck yeah! That that thing that uh, going back to Fortnite. Um, yes, that's again. Well, and. I mean, at this point, everybody's heard of the news, but that's hey, one of I, those zero days that I wonder if Apple has just been sitting on because of some agreement with the NSA or something. Like, or or, or maybe it was just a mistake. But like, um, yeah, I just finished listening to. Um, uh, there's a podcast uh, called The Darknet Diaries. I don't know if yep. you've listened to them. Um, it's it's a single guy, but he does a pretty good job of talking about a bunch of different hacks that have occurred. You're showing me something. That's Facebook. Oh, portal. the Facebook that portal. Was, that was that was their. Is it still? Does, excuse me. Do they still sell it? You don't have to answer that. Well, well yes, actually, is it is still for sale? It's still for sale. So the um, the Dark Diaries was explaining Stuxnet. Yes. And about how, um, and for those who don't know what Stuxnet is, Stuxnet was a um, pretty much an attack on the Iranian um, uranium enrichment so that we could try to use a computer attack to prevent them from creating uh, 
well, it, nuclear weapons. It, it, it's it, it's a specific variation of a, a, a tax system that was designed to go after industrial PLCs. Right. And But the interesting thing, because there's a tax, I mean, there hasn't really been a tax like that before that we, that we, that we like the mass was aware of. But what's interesting about that attack is that the, uh, the United States government decided to use a zero day, essentially a bug that even Microsoft themselves were not aware of, or so we're told, where you could use a worm and you could infect another computer. And our government knew about the worm, but Microsoft didn't. And we were the government held on to that knowledge as their own weapon for a long time. And it makes me wonder, with this whole FaceTime debacle, right? And for people like, what the hell is the FaceTime debacle? For those that, that haven't heard about it, there is a way to turn on the camera and the microphone of a remote phone without somebody clicking accept. Yes. That's really the bug, right? Well, we, we've, we've, I, I mean, like. All you need is an email address. All you need is an email address, but the same, th- the same thing, I mean, like paranoia aside, uh, People see an ad showing up in their Facebook feeds over things that they or that they, they, that they did, said. But but that if you think about the implications of that, right? Yeah. How many random calls do I get a day from some phone number? Right. Fortunately, mm-hmm. I don't have an iPhone. I don't use FaceTime, um, so it, that wasn't as much of a risk. But all you need all you need is somebody's email address. Yep. And you can send them a FaceTime request if it's. A, I think it had to be a group. FaceTime? Yeah. Do you do you know? Did you hear about the the FaceTime bug? Uh, yeah. Like, are there people? I heard there that the people are accessing people's cameras because of an exploit in Face in FaceTime. Is that correct? Yeah. So, yeah. so the way that the exploit works is if you make a group FaceTime invite and you have like more than one email address on there. I say email address. It's actually like a, an Apple ID. A username or whatever, sure. Yeah, but it, it it's tied to their email address, and that's how Apple controls your Apple ID. It's all based on email address. Even though under the covers it might look like a phone number, they reference it to an email address. So if, if you, there's more than one person on the invite, and um, before they pick up and say, yes, I'll take this call, there's a certain sequence of things that you can do when you're making the call, and you can start listening and seeing them before they pick up. Wait, oh, so you can actually go out. So this isn't like a you invite the you you initiate the call. This is like a you can go out. Yes. Like I can I can reach out and access Gunner. Yes. Essentially without him knowing. Yes. You can see he and will hear see or the just missed hear? call. He will see the missed call because he never picked it up. But the crazy part is that the audio and the video are already coming through to you. Oh Jesus. Well, that's 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 actually infinitely more uh, terrifying. Than I had originally thought it was. It's, I had originally thought it was if you start if you initiated the calls, and for whatever reason that they could access you, and right. then it wasn't such a big deal to me because it's like, yeah. well, you initiated, you initiated it. it. No. no, this means that if someone has your information, yeah, they can just reach out. And, and it's a tough attack to yeah. play because you only get access to the microphone and the camera um, while you're waiting for them to pick up, and eventually, it it just gives up. But the interesting part about this is if you know somebody keeps their phone on vibrate and you know somebody has a meeting 
you can actually get access to certain clips of audio of that meeting simply by calling them. And if you can stage that with a number that they don't recognize, then you're essentially spying on them for a few seconds at a time. Well, the, the scary thing is if it's if they're in a meeting, the chances are it's probably on a silent anyway. So yes, they would, now, they would absolutely. have absolutely no idea. And And think about some other consequences of this. What if somebody is like looking at text messages while they're getting dressed, right? You could look at your neighbor's window, be like, okay, I just saw them walk into the room. I'm going to keep slamming their phone with these FaceTime requests and see if I can get a picture inside their house, inside their room, a picture of them without clothing on. Sure. And that's just from a privacy perspective, right? Because people respect the privacy. For some reason, whenever a boner is involved, people start to get scared about somebody else seeing it. However, there's security implications that are even greater. What if you? What if? What if you? You're able to get the picture of a password. Just well, yeah, that that's right like, timing. That's, that's my concern. Like, yeah, or, like if you or, keep spamming this, and you, I've got my fucking very like personal documents out you know that i'm that i'm viewing and it's and even crazier have you heard about the guy that printed faces and were able to bypass yeah the apple uh face no um, i haven't heard of that at all so the apple face thing is supposed to be accurate enough so that it looks at the 3d dimensions of your face and based on the 3d dimensions of your face and some other facial features it lets you in it's supposed to be one in a million chance of breaking into somebody's phone Right. Whereas if you look back at the fingerprint, the fingerprint was closer to one in a hundred thousand. So it's supposed to be 10 times more secure. And correct me if I'm wrong on any of that. Um, it's supposed to be 10 times more secure than the fingerprint. However, there was a guy and he got a picture of one of his friends, printed it, like glued it onto his face or something, made a face mask out of it, put it on his face and unlocked his friend's phone. Now, I don't know if the facial features have to be close enough, but it, it, think well, about no, the it's, implications it's, of it's this. It's actually, so the, especially with the iPhone X, mm-hmm. so... Um, Not the XS? Well, because the XS uses the same thing too. So anything going forward, okay. they have a specific device called a vertical cavity surface emitting laser. Mm-hmm. And what it's doing is it's built, it's basically just doing a multi-point scan of someone's face. So as mm-hmm. long as you have an artifact that has the same geometry mm-hmm. and is relatively face colored, mm-hmm. it will work as a key. Yeah. So you think about this, you could actually and take a picture. Well, of somebody and the elder they're already looking yeah. at their phone you could take a picture yeah. of somebody with a with a with a with a retina display so a pretty decent quality well, photo even, even all even you if. need to do is you just need to know like like what the face looks like and of, you can you can recon- you can reconstruct well the thing is the thing that lets you like fucking do the facetime unlock is effectively the same algorithm that lets you build a 3d model of someone's face from a fucking photograph so it's like what the fuck were you guys thinking <laughs> because i mean like you can i don't know if you played with any of those toolkits no okay but i don't know if you play with any of those toolkits but yeah they have ones where you can just if i have a, if i have two pictures of somebody from a slightly different angles i can just build a, a like a, a, a statistically within tolerance right m- recreation of right right face. right right yeah but 
I mean, they, they keep your face in an encrypted part of the phone, and Apple's actually really good about security usually. This latest one was a huge, huge, huge problem. They actually had to turn off group FaceTime because yeah. of this bug. It's turned off until the update comes out, and they did delay the update. So if you do like doing group FaceTime, it's shut off right now um, worldwide because of this problem. But, yeah, it's an interesting thing. I mean, they, they store your facial data in an encrypted part of the phone, but what's preventing an app developer from grabbing that data? Well, even you don't even need to do that. You fucking go on Facebook and get somebody's fucking selfie shot. Yeah, yeah. And and, and it's, I mean, like that. That's really the that's really kind of the the the, the dumbness of this because it's. Well, it's like that. Remember they did the fingerprint lifting with the with the original fingerprint. Yeah. Yeah. There was people like weeks later. They were pulling fingerprints off of glasses and unlocking phones with it. But I mean, that just is what it you is. Need, and you need and to. You need. The to guy factor. made it sound like it was easy to do. You could do it with some household items. But you had to get a perfect fingerprint. Yeah. It had to be the same person that the, that the the same part of it that the phone, and then you had to almost wear the fingerprint on your finger. Yeah, while you yeah. had to do some pretty fucking but covert shit. It would right? be like easier to stuff. just guess their four-digit at that point. You ha- the the only the only the only reasonable secure me- method is two-factor. Yeah, but do you want to do two-factor every time you unlock your phone? But so this is the trade-off: is that uh, uh, but. But we're gonna have a whole bunch of people going around wearing copies of other people's faces. Just put an and, NFC yeah, but, inside your well, leg, Gunner. No, just put NFC in your leg, Gunner. I, I guess this is my point. I'm just building the phone inside my head. You don't fuck it up. St- you can't steal it. You can't steal it if it's part. It's part of my skull now. If it if the tech isn't there, then roll the shit back. No more fucking facial recognition bullshit. Go back to a fucking passcode that only you know. There's a yes. Guy- could people guess the passcode? Sure, but who the fuck has your phone for that extended amount of time? And frankly, who the fuck is trying to steal your shit anyway to break into your phone? Like what? Well, what? If, what? What kind of dumb shit are you into? You're 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 you're, you're, saying, you're saying that you're saying that now. Um, that's Facebook's mentality. There's there's already been. I mean, like you know, that's not an American thing quite yet. But there's already been prosecutions in England because they have uh, perpetual twenty four hour surveillance going on in london and they were they were specifically like to get to sorry for the the clip so they but what they were doing was uh trying to get um facial scans and uh, like people were refusing people were refusing to submit to full facial scans for facial recognition and the London police were just arresting him for walking in public because they didn't they they wouldn't they wouldn't display their face fully. Why isn't the United States as as concerned about privacy? That's why. Like well, why? Because because companies set that agenda, and nobody no no nobody who nobody who actually has a has a, has a say on it really matters. It really fucking cares. I think it's weird how how much we embrace it. It's like yeah, privacy is over. It is kind of weird. Um, well, I. <laughs> I want to see people get arrested for not showing their face. I want I mean, to see no, that. There, 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 I mean, like there are certain there are there are laws on the books that basically, um, if you um, because the the interpretation is is that you are attempting to obscure your identity in the act of committing a, a, a public you know or committing a crime. I don't, I don't want to get into uh, political, but does this have any kind of bearing in the influx of like? Uh, refugees or the rise of um, <sighs> well, I mean, Lund, Lund, you know, England's super like England's going fucking full super racist. Yeah, uh, that's and know, that's when, I, when you said like v for the vendetta, face, v, like v I kind of felt like, oh, is this actually dealing with like yes, 
Okay, so this is actually dealing with Islam. Well, it just, they don't, really, what, really, like, there's two for, which is that whole Brexit thing, besides, you know, is that, um, one, the the ruling classes finally see their chance to basically bust up everything in England and buy assets up, assets up, uh, piecemeal when the fucking whole thing collapses from, you know, bailing on the European Union, and it's the hate Polish people. I mean, like you know, you what's can wrong, say what's wrong with Polish people? Uh, they just don't uh, like they just don't like Polish people. So, like, this is actually prevalent throughout um, Western Europe. Mm-hmm. So, the Poles—I uh, don't even know if it's the Poles, the Eastern Europeans, but Eastern it's, Europeans, it's, it's, but it's the Poles, Poles essentially, the ones that get targeted. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. they are almost. I don't want to say they're like the Ma- the Mexicans to mm-hmm. the United States, but they kind of are. They come in, they work the jobs that you know sometimes some of the the, the locals don't want to work, or the worst case is they work at lower wages that okay. the, the the locals would work, and they don't spend any of the money there. They just take all the money back to their country. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. But so that's but that's interesting because it's not really have anything to do with. You know, a burqa or something like that, right? Like well, or, you know, or, and 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 again, like the 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 big issue in England is a class one disguised as a race one. I mean, like there's certainly there's certainly there's certainly racism, just like there isn't any large group of people. But um, the you know we you know like in the United States we have our own kind of class warfare that we engage in on a regular basis Mm -hmm. you know the chris rock you know like if people you know like when he was rich the 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 hot you know like he didn't go to the you know like when he he talks about like how he had to take care of his parents and when he was when he was a poor comic Mm -hmm. and his mom is dying versus when he was rich and his dad like got was had like the same scale fucking medical emergency and it was like no problem whatsoever just right but um yeah, the, the the main thing is is that uh, Brit Britain kind of got this whole th- this whole p- f- I don't know this panic that's kind of set in because one you have large displacements of non Caucasian people coming from you know the the Middle East. In like Northern Africa, and with very very different uh, cultural kind yes. of values and things like that, and it's 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 a twofer, which is that you have people who have been basically consen- con- continuously traumatized for how you know like decades, kind of fleeing, and you have this human you have this human damage that's been done to them, and then you also have this like this this complete and total alien nature. Because, you know, again, it's a cultural difference. And the thing is, is it's only going to get worse because China's going to devour Africa here very shortly. And you're going to see wholesale, you're going to see wholesale fucking panic and fleeing from the continent because what's going to happen is like they're going to start wait, major. Wait, wait. China's devouring Africa. China is making monstrous. Uh, investments in infrastructure and stuff like that in Africa. Like they're. Oh, like actually, this is this is part of that. Like it's it's even here, like in South America, like this Venezuela thing that's going down right now. They talk, you know, like we talked last time about like how Russia had like a whole bunch of like collateral in the oil fields and that. Mm-hmm. The current administration 
sold a bunch of assets to Chinese petrochemical companies. So wow. it, may, it may actually, like, it's funny that the U.S. is, like, kind of opining in this because... You know, like we we, we kind of sat we kind of sat out while this thing went down, but yeah, it the, they like have this a may actually of the be the world's population. Yes, yeah. they have a seventh a seventh yeah. of the world's population. They could take I mean, from a people perspective, I mean, from like a cultural perspective, they do it. They could actually take over almost any region. No, no, no they, they they're 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 doing it right now. There are there are wholesale programs where basically there are territories that they have kind of annexed, and the native populations are deciding to go somewhere else they won't say where they're going but they're mm-hmm. going somewhere else and you are for like there are programs where they're on mass moving han chinese into like non-han areas and you have like families have to host them because they're basically mm-hmm. doing that whole surveillance state thing in the non-metro areas Man, and it's weird. you like yes you're you're having it's China, China has enough bodies that they could just physically replace you. Yeah, yeah. And they're throwing the money in. They're building like like there's this whole project they want. They, they call it the New Silk Road, but they're building a transportation corridor all the way from. Their, you know their their thing is they're going to build a transportation corridor all the way from the tip of South Africa, up to China Direct. So high-speed rail, pipelines, ro- roadways, everything. Does that mean that my $2 headphones from Wish.com are going to show up faster? Uh, well, if you move to Africa. <laughs> <laughs> same, day, same day delivery. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna buy. They're gonna. What's, the, what's the, what's the thing Elon Musk has? The tunnel or the oh, hyperloop? Yeah, they're yeah, gonna hyperloop. do. They're gonna do a hyperloop from Shanghai to. I love his company names, like, like not a flamethrower. The boring company. The boring company because it bores holes through the ground. Um, now, when we had a technical problem and the microphone cut out earlier, and uh, we were, I was sharing some of my um, experiences, and. Uh, we were talking a little bit about the plugs on our devices, and I yeah. thought that was kind of an interesting talk because I think most people have a lot of plugs at home. You know, I think like, what people don't realize is that, so like a perfect example, I have a solid-state drive, an external solid-state drive hooked up to my Xbox. Other, um, otherwise known as a thumb drive. One. But yeah, like <laughs> it's got a casing. It's about the size of a coaster. But I would imagine that if I open that thing up, it'd mostly be just empty space. And so people, I mean, most of our listeners probably know exactly what a solid state drive is, but explain the difference between that and like what people would normally get as a backup hard drive, you know, two years ago. So like two years ago, a backup hard drive, um, if any PC user uh, from like 10, 15 years ago, you, I guess I would compare it to the sizing wise. I would compare it to like a CD ROM drive, right? Like if you looked at your computer, you'd see like the bays. There'd be like the your CD ROM would be in there, and then there'd be kind of two blank spacers. That's probably typically where your hard drive was, and a uh, a, a removable hard drive or, or an external hard drive, excuse me, 
maybe a little bit smaller than that. It's but like it's, the size of a modem at home. You yeah, know, it's about five, the size of, yeah, it's, it's probably similar to the size of a modem, maybe a, a bit smaller than that, but not much. But they shrunk, right? Because yeah. laptops starting to sell like crazy. They needed smaller hard drives in them. So the external hard drives, a lot of them started becoming even smaller, but they still weren't as small as the coaster you're talking about over there. No. Now, how big is it and how much did it cost? Um, that solid state drive is... Oh, is it 500 gigs, a terabyte? It's not, terabyte? no, it's not even, it's like 250 gigs. 250 gigs. Um, it was like a hundred bucks. No, I actually got it on sale for like $68. 68 bucks. That's not bad at all. Yeah. Um, so one of the problems with a lot of those older external drives is they used an old USB plug and those old USB plugs actually had power and bandwidth limitations on them. Most of them were the, it almost looked like, um, you know, most people are familiar with like the trapezoid looking plug that like all the Android phones used to use. And then there was, there's, there's like a modification of that, which is like got a notch in it. And those are the two like most popular plugs, the USB plugs for small devices like that. The problem was, is that's based on an older USB standard. It's USB three, right? Yeah. The, uh, what do you mean? The, the, so the, the trapezoidal one? No, the trapezoidal one is USB two. So the the, the, one, the one with the two parallel connectors, which was before they finally committed to mm-hmm. USB C. That's USB three point So basically, it, okay. has, it has one full size connector and then another, like another one that's basically the error correcting. I always thought it was extra power. That might be it too. But yeah, there, there's you're talking there's, about the, you're talking about the drives where you actually needed to use up two USB ports in order oh, to plug them in. Or so, no, no, are no, you saying no? So 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 you you still so uh, I don't know if you have. Do you have a USB 3.0 removable drive in any format? I do. Yeah, it's, it, it's, just it, a sing, it's just a single plug. But it's it's the one where it's actually two separate connectors on one plug. So, because there's, there's like a separate, it's a, it's a, it's a noise cancel. I see what you're saying. Um, you're saying the part that plugs into the drive is two separate connectors. The one I have must have a converter inside that does all of that because it's just the regular trapezoid plug. Okay. On the end of the drive. But so, so the points that we were getting to was kind of how those old USB plugs, they're they're, going to be gone. They're pretty much gone now for any modern Mm -hmm. electronics, but they're going to be gone. And the, uh, all, all new, all modern Android phones, they stopped using the trapezoid, and now they're using the USB three, or sorry, USB C. Fucking confusing. Well, USB C, not USB three, and the USB C is a completely different plug. It's a round plug. Yeah, and you can just like the Apple charger, you can put it in both ways. And it's also designed around the idea that it's got um, signal. Um, correction is signal tolerance and correction rates that uh, you can run Thunderbolt over it if you have the appropriate controller on both ends. So which is basically a PCI Express 4X one slot. So, you know, again, if you're so inclined, high-speed drive, you know, actually, so it's five gigabits. That's like a full-blown extension card on a computer. Yeah, so it's a, a five, little tiny itty-bitty plug. It's a five gigabit, it's a five gigabit length in, or a five gigabit link in its first iteration and a 10 gigabit one in its second. And you're starting to see some of this on the, uh, on the Mac side where they have the graphics card 
because you can't most Macs you can't actually like upgrade any of the internal components. So the graphics card actually is a standalone box. It looks like another modem. It just sits up on your desk and you use a cable. You need a cable with a lot of bandwidth in order to do graphics processing. And they call them external GPUs. And, uh, and that, that, that new plug offers that. But what we were really talking about, what kind of brought it up is that uh, I decided to kind of refresh one of my older laptops. It's about four years old. It's a Dell and um, it's the XPS model. And it had a, it had one of these solid state drives. Um, so it's it's a it, the, it's just a it's just a, a board. It's just a little chip. But since it's not inside the plastic case, you actually get to see how big they are. And it's called the technology is called NAND, right? N A N D. Yes. NAND flash. Is that what it's called? Yep. And on solid state drives, are, are they generally NAND under the covers, or is NAND a, is that a standard for the way it plugs in? Uh, no, NAND, well, NAND is its NAND is the actual cell the, the the type of cell structure it is. I mean, you'll have what they mm-hmm. call single uh, single logical cell, multi you know double lo- dual logical cell, multi logical cell. So like most of them have three, and really that the, the NAND flash is, you know, it's like how you have SDRAM versus DDR2, DDR3, that kind of stuff. Um, NAND is the fundamental fabrication style. Now, what about the plug itself? So the plug, so the plug, so there's a couple. So um, you have, you have um, MSATA, which was the original one, which is mm-hmm. basically just a, a, a hard connector card version of the SATA plug so you have power you have the power and mm-hmm. SATA rails on it and then you have M2 which was the replacement for it and that's effectively a PCI Express bus mm-hmm. uh, for 1x or 4x depending on the version because then you have you have uh, M2 and then you have NVMe Okay. Which is NVMe is an actual, so you're actually Mine's communicating. NVMe. What's so, the difference? So M2 is you are running a SATA controller mm-hmm. over that PCI Express bus. So basically you have your drive, you have a SATA controller sitting in between it, and then you have this M2 plug that connects to the motherboard. So the motherboard detects that there's a SATA controller there, which then does all the, the you know, your translation. So you treat it just like another SATA drive. Mm-hmm. NVMe treats it as if it's a direct device attached to the PCI Express port, which is why they're so right. fast. Okay. Because it's, it, you're it's boot- essentially, you're, essentially got no translation going on so, between yeah, the two. So you're, you're basi- basically, it's, it's a, it treats as if it was another stick of mem- permanent memory. Mm-hmm. As if it was a chipset. As if Express. it was almost like a chipset on the board itself? Yes. Okay. Like, that's where you start getting crazy stuff, like, um, where the guys get, like, one two second boot like you know the the mm-hmm. bios check takes longer than the boot because and this thing i mean it's it's a few years old but this is a fast booting machine of course windows helps that um windows has a fast boot um technology where it doesn't actually boot the whole operating system but what if, i it, it figures out how to do it once there's a, a boot once resume many is the the, the 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 what they call it the tech yeah and um but what i did this time around is i decided Hey, I got a fresh drive. I got my old one in case I want to throw it throw it in there. I got this fresh drive. Um, um, oh, and I I actually didn't need the drive. The one that was in there was like two hundred fifty six, 
And it was getting filled up when I was using it as my main workstation, which is why I wanted to get a bigger drive for it. But it's not my main workstation anymore, so I probably didn't need to upgrade it. But I wanted to. I wanted to get a new flash drive for it. But the real reason that I had to crack it apart is because the battery wouldn't, wouldn't keep it charged anymore. So I replaced the battery in it, and at the same time, I bumped up the drive. Um, but I decided this was this happens to be a special Dell that, that was one of the few Dells that shipped with Linux on it from the factory. And it was preloaded with Linux. And I tried using it as a, as a workstation, and it was unusable back then. Um, and the biggest problems that I had with it is, number one, it has a high DPI display. And what that means is that there's, it's like a retina display on a phone, on, on, like, on like an iPhone or on, a, on an iPad or on a, on a MacBook. It had more pixels than normal, but it wasn't a two-to-one ratio. And I never realized how bad this was. Have you ever dealt with that before, Gunner? If it's not a two-to-one ratio in your pixels, then you have percentages in all of your blend and all of your your pixel scaling. Okay. So what that means is is that if 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 I make a picture, and that picture is inside the software, let's say it's the back button on Google Chrome, and that's a picture that somebody drew. Yeah. If that pixel is tw- if that image is twice the size that it's supposed to be, it looks pretty clean. It's a little bit pixelated, but it looks pretty clean. But if it's one and a quarter the size that it's supposed to be, you end up getting weird jagged edges because it's not a perfect blend, right? You're bringing it up one and a quarter instead of two. So it has to do pixel interpolation. Um, uh, Because of that, the thing has been real. it It was impossible to use with Linux because at that time, Linux really didn't have support. It didn't have good support for fractional upscale, which is a weird thing. Apple is is interesting because with the Retina, it's a perfect two to one, and I actually commend them for waiting. They didn't jump on the high DPI displays for these laptops until it was a perfect two to one. So that way, all of the code is just a multiplier. It's just times two. But this Dell happened to be in an era where it was high DPI, but it wasn't really high enough so that all of the components that you were comfortable with, like the desktop, would scale properly. So my start menu looked weird and my icons looked weird. Now, Windows 8 is what I originally loaded it with when, when, when Ubuntu wasn't working. And Windows 8 did a pretty good job of scaling. There was a couple of apps, though, where the fonts were so small I couldn't read them. Yeah, but when, you know, Windows, for some reason, it's one of the few things that it handles well, it's better. It's one of the better, few things it does. It can do fractional handle. scaling. Yeah, it does well, a pretty because, good job. Well, it's because it's, it's Screenshots also... Screenshots are blurry, though. But it's also because it's... Um, installed on so many shitty, shitty business laptops with 768 screens still. Well, and I mean, if you think about it, like if Dell sold this laptop with 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 uh, with Linux on it um, to a select few, their their actual target audience was Windows, and at that time it was Windows 8. So you could have bought the same laptop with Windows 8 on it. If you went and spent a thousand dollars on a Windows 8 laptop and you couldn't read the text. Somebody's going to bring it back and get yeah. another laptop. So you're, you're right, Gunner. You know, Microsoft Microsoft did it because they support crappy hardware, but they did it because they supported state-of-the-art hardware, too. Yes. No, at this point in time, yeah. Dell was taking the risks of putting these higher um, DPI displays out there, but since did it Google, wasn't a perfect two-to-one, did Google ever, you needed or, fractional or, 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 scaling. I say Google. Did, did, did they ever actually fix that? And the the driver side? I mean, like, was it, was it, is, it the, the, is it a GNOME thing, or is it... Uh, Oh, it uh, is a uh, fucking uh, mess. Hardware, hardware display so, driver thing. So, I mean, part of the reason that I lost lost sleep last night is because I was trying to figure this out. And it's it's all over the place. Is <laughs> is the answer, Gunner? Part of it you can do you can do software side. You can use like like a you know it's 
it's a command line utility called XRANDR. I don't know what it stands for, but it, it's been on Linux forever. And you can use XRANDR in force fractional scaling. And when you do that in Linux, it actually is okay, but it's doing it on a software side, so you don't actually use the pixels in your screen. It's upscaling everything. So XRANDR actually makes everything more blurry, even though the fonts are larger. You're not utilizing all of the pixels on the screen. Um, there is definitely some some GNOME settings that influence it to answer that question, uh, but like it was still shit. I fired up Firefox, right? The text inside Firefox is almost too small to read, whereas the rest of the desktop is perfect. So it's like that fractional scaling isn't really being adopted by all the, the but, software, but all the all the things running. Yeah. inside of it and and i help out with a with music software and that music software <laughs> uses completely different completely yeah. different libraries to draw yeah, its i guess lms did not look not look great at all lmms was 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 in a strange position where if i turned on the uh the scaling feature it doubled its size so the splash screen was larger than my entire monitor Wow. Right? The little tiny splash screen is supposed to show up before the software loads was bigger than my monitor. So the buttons were fucking huge. But at its normal scale, it was a little bit too small. So I ended up having to look into the, 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 the framework that the LMMS uses. And then I found a, a variable and I could actually force LMMS to use fractional scaling. But it got that same terror. Did you have to alter LMMS or was this still through the Linux it, code? It was through Linux, yes. Yeah. So what I did is um, when my computer booted up, I set a variable to 1.25. And, and then it was, everything was the correct size because it was doing the fractional scaling. But you had the tearing around all of the images inside the software. Yeah. You had that same that aliasing problem where it doesn't know which pixel to draw. So it's crazy mm. because all of these things we take for granted when you buy a, when you buy a Windows PC or you buy a Mac, it pretty much just works. But man, it's been so that that laptop when I purchased it, it shipped with Ubuntu twelve oh four. That meant twenty twelve. So at this point, it's a seven-year-old version of Ubuntu. The reason it shipped with that is because I bought that laptop like moments before April of 2014. So in April of 2014 is when the 1404, 14 being 2014, 04 being April, and that's how they do the release numbering. If, if, I, if I had gotten it a little bit afterwards, I would have gotten 1404, and it might have been a better experience. But that 1204 version, I actually, as I was trying to code, um, or coding is just what I do, but somebody could be typing up a document on it. My thumbs would hit the trackpad and it would actually jump the cursor all over the screen. And if two thumbs did it at the same time, it would zoom. Um, if it was the right sequence, it would select text like I was double clicking. And I was actually deleting code as I was trying to Oof. type because that old, you know, now seven-year-old version of Linux didn't have driver support to detect that you were typing and to temporarily turn off the, the trackpad. And this is what's interesting. You start learning about technology when you deal with something that was, yeah. you know, like made for free in somebody's garage. The moment that you try being productive on Linux with the trackpad that close to your keyboard, you really start to appreciate like the MacBooks because I've never had that issue. MacBooks had a trackpad half the size of the keyboard. It's fucking gigantic on those MacBooks. And I've never had an issue where I accidentally clicked something while it's I was typing. You know, and again, so they had that figured out like 
fucking 15 years yeah, ago. Yeah, well, some fucker was trying to go to it and go on it and it kept hitting the trackpad and it kept fucking up. Well, it, and, and they used their own shit. Yeah. Right, Apple engineers. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not like it's have not like Apple laptops, and they're like yelling at their colleagues. It's, it's like, like Frank, what the shit. fuck were you thinking when you put this trackpad in there? Fi- fix, fix your shit. Fix your shit. Frank's like, I don't know handler. how to fix that. Stop clicking it. Well, what do you use a trackpad for anyway? He's like, Frank, you it's work a fucking at Apple. MacBook. <laughs> you work at Apple, Frank. Everything's a trackpad. Everything's a trackpad. Even yeah. our fucking mouses have trackpads built into them. They do, too. Did you know that? No. Yeah, so the new Apple mouse, the top of it is actually a trackpad. Really? So if you want to scroll up and down a web page, it's actually a full-blown touch trackpad inside the mouse itself, and you can do gestures on the mouse. So if you want to scroll left to right, you just bring your fingers left and right on the surface of the mouse, sur- yeah, and you can you, scroll if you, left if, to right. If, 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 you you wanna, wanna, if you want to circle the nipple, it's clockwise or I think <laughs> clockwise so from a PC gamer aspect when you're gaming oh, this doesn't work. you want to switch weapons no, no, this doesn't, this doesn't work at all and, and it's, it's interesting <laughs> that you say this Wade because I was in an identity crisis when I was into Half-Life uh-huh. and I was I was adamant on having a machine that looked like a Mac right and you remember this I had the big Apple monitor yep. I had the Apple keyboard and that was okay where I made a dire mistake was I decided to get an Apple mouse. And at that time, it was the, uh, the Mighty Mouse, right? Mm-hmm. Which they had to change the name to, right? Because of copyright infringement. Yes. Um, what's it called now? Oh, it's just the oh, cred, Apple Mouse. You know, maybe Whatever. Um, the Mighty Mouse, instead of the buttons clicking, it detected the position of your finger. In a right click, the whole, it's it's almost like... The Magic Mouse too. Magic Mouse, yeah, they renamed it to the Magic Mouse. The, um, it's it's almost like, like you have an RC car with shocks. You push the whole car down. It detected that the whole mouse had pressure being pushed down on it. And depending on the position of my finger gotcha. is which click it was. Now, this was a problem, number one, because I would... I, I would always game with both fingers resting on the mouse. Right. I didn't lift one all the no, time. No, you absolutely wouldn't. Yeah, because... The other problem... Oh, God, I remember that thing. Oh, geez, he's got the hockey puck one. Yeah. That actually was better because it it only had one button and it only had one function. This The problem with this is that they did... This is when they were first starting to introduce right-click because right-click actually wasn't turned on on Macs by default until just recently. Yeah. It was always just left-click. And um, so with this... And, and, and this was the you actually have to credit Apple because the um, that's the one I had. Mighty yeah, mouse. he's showing a picture of the Mighty Mouse. Um, Visual jokes which on the radio. It does. It did have a scroll wheel on it, but the scroll wheel was a little itty bitty tiny ball, and it would get clogged up, yeah. just like the old ball mice. So it was a laser mouse, but they had a ball on top, okay. and it looked cool, but it was stupid. Yeah. Um, so it anyways, was a, it was a mouse susceptible to venereal disease. The whole top of the mouse rocked. And the problem was is that when I was playing video games, I didn't know I did this until I got away from a, a, a standard PC mouse. I'm actually clicking left-click and right-click at the same time. You wouldn't think that you do this, but you do. What happens is you're, you're shooting and shooting and shooting and shooting, and there's a secondary fire option. For example, like back then I was playing Half-Life. Right. You're shooting your bullets, and the secondary fire is actually to launch a grenade out of the same gun. I would not let go of fire. You just I would just click right click. Right. And the game engine knew 
that that right click being introduced while I was left clicking meant that I wanted to launch that grenade. And then once that had been launched, I'd keep shooting again, right? Very good with, with holding down two buttons at the same time. With the Mighty Mouse, I had to let go of the mouse so that the whole thing clicked back upward and then click back down with only my right finger on the mouse. So it was a completely unusable experience. Yeah. Yeah, you'll get wasted pretty quickly doing that. Now, if you're if you're just editing photos, which is you know photos and videos was which was a big a big pushback then. You know, apples are good for editing video, yeah. which was completely wrong, <laughs> because the graphics cards on them are usually inferior to the PC equivalents, um, and the software that you edited everything with photos and videos was available on both platforms. It's so dumb. It's so dumb too. But it- the reason people said that is because. Number one, there was no viruses, generally speaking, on a Mac because it wasn't as big of a target platform. People didn't write viruses for them, at least not as much. So it generally ran faster. There wasn't too much bloatware that really ran on there. Apple had strict guidelines on what could, what could, what could start with the computer. And they really prevented the app publishers from screwing up the experience. They had better user interface guidelines. But what I think really made it better was the fact that Every Apple came with baseline good hardware. The shittiest Apple came with baseline good hardware. It wasn't the best you could get in the PC world. But like, I remember people with powerhouse PC uh, game uh, powerhouse um, gaming PCs, gaming yeah. PCs running twelve-year-old monitors, where the LCD screen teared as you know, because it couldn't refresh the pixels fast enough for the refresh rate. That was perfectly acceptable. Whereas with Apple, you would generally, if you had a laptop, it would come with the screen it came with. Apple's standard for monitors back then were, because uh, they actually did sell their own monitors um, for quite a while. They don't anymore. Their monitors back then were all Sony Trinitron monitors. And the color and the pixels were fucking beautiful on Although those it did take it did take me actually buying a power book to get the monitor settings done right on your one there. Yes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because it didn't have it didn't have a UI to fucking adjust anything. Yeah, so what Gunner's talking about is I when when I like I said it was an identity crisis on all the Apple stuff. I bought one of those Sony Trinitron monitors. Now Sony just happened to be the hardware manufacturer the guts of the screen, but it was Apple branded. It looked like an eggshell monitor. And I couldn't change the color balance on the monitor. Gunner brought over a Mac and all of these hidden features showed up and I could actually calibrate my monitor using an Apple. It was an Apple only calibration feature. And since I didn't actually own one, I owned something that kind of resembled an Apple. Um, I couldn't change those settings. But uh, when people said they're better for video and photo editing, I think it's just because the hardware wasn't crap. It was a good baseline and the computer didn't run like shit. Because Adobe Premiere, which is a very popular video editing software, it runs fine on PC. Right. But I think with Apple, um, you know, everything is more cohesive. All their hardware is, it all works together a little bit better. They've got, do they just have a, they just had a better kind of standard. They did. As long as you're okay with spending. You could could purvey components from some shitty OEMs and, and manufacturers. So it's uh a lot of PC, well, you know, you spent less money because it was significantly cheaper because you could put all these components together yourself. 
that's, but that's essentially it's kind of like that's always been the curse of Windows. Like it's it's part of why when Microsoft started making their own computers, you know, like they because they, they, they the you have you have they Acer, make good hardware. No, they, yeah, but I mean, like because Acer and fucking HP and Lenovo would do these weird, dumb decisions at the last, like Acer especially. Yeah. And who would have thought that Microsoft would be the next competitor to Apple for um, like quality desktop hardware? Well, yeah. you know, because the thing is, is it what, if, a, if, what if, a smart move? If if you actually if you actually put your own computer together for a long time, they were like they actually had to get they had to get set on that. But like the nineties, like. I had a Microsoft keyboard. I had a Microsoft mouse. You know, like the Apple. Like they made good stuff. The part yeah. of the problem was is that they, they they like they weren't allowed to make PCs because their OEMs would throw a shit fit. That's a good point. That's a good point. And like everything around the periphery, mm-hmm. like they had qual- you know, like the like the stuff interacting with their OS. They they made a point of here is the baseline of what we want you to do. Like I mean, all the fucking game controllers that they built. Uh, Ken, who we had on, um, I think. Uh, two three weeks ago kin came over with a surface pro 4 i think it is yep and it looks like a tablet it's actually a pc and i wouldn't recommend anybody buys it as a replacement to a tablet because it's windows still isn't a great tablet operating system 10's not too terrible it's terrible um <laughs> you can you can fight me but um he come brought at, this thing over come it's at a, me bro i think it's an i3 or an i5 which is they're like i5 no lower, they're, they're well actually the lower Specced uh, surface. I think the thing M5s. fucking ran awesome. He's had it for a while. This thing ran awesome. It ran on battery. We were playing Minecraft, which Minecraft isn't that demanding, but uh, I mean the processors firing up. You can feel the heat pumping off this thing. Um, we we had our kids playing Minecraft as like a little like kind of land party, which was kind of cool. You don't hear about that too much anymore. That surface kept up with that game. And the battery lasted the whole time that the kids were playing. I was very impressed. And I have a Surface Pro at work. I have the 3 as my main workstation. That thing's a freaking powerhouse. That thing is faster than the XPS, the Dell XPS that I bought. And they're supposed to have the same class processor. The, the only them. issue is they don't have, they're, they're still stuck with 4 gigs in the default config, right? Are you talking about memory? memory? Yes, which is probably, but you can pay for an upgrade. Well, yeah, but the other thing is, is that there's no there's no hope of upgrade. There's no hope yeah. of upgrading that. Well, that's the problem with a lot of those compact computers, right? I mean, the same problem happened with my Dell. The same problem happened with my MacBook, um, and the Surface Pro has the same issue. To make it that slim, and that was kind of the USB connector point that we were kind of making it to. In order to make it that slim, you have to make stuff. The components have to yeah. be thinner, and if you have a removable hard drive, it adds like it, it adds a significant amount of, of rise right. to the bottom of the board. And uh, when I was replacing this drive in my Dell, I was actually concerned that the bottom of the laptop wouldn't go back on because one of the make sure the cable right profile. Kind of, you will have to make the right profile. Wait, so you actually have a physical? No, drive so versus? sorry. The cables have nothing to do with the drive, but. Um, I, I replaced the battery and the drive at the same time. Yeah. And the cables on the battery actually like kind of mushroomed up higher than they did on the old battery because there's an aftermarket battery. Dell doesn't make batteries for this for this yep. laptop anymore. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to clip this thing on because there's there's there, you can't add extra room. You can't fold yep. up a piece of paper, you know, seven times and throw it in there. It's mm-hmm. just too much. Um, it's too close. So I completely understand why they 
they, they, they stopped making the drives removable. That drive looked, it was thinner than a stick of RAM. And that's what was crazy. And it was like somebody got a stick of RAM and chopped it into three pieces. It was this itty bitty little tiny drive. It was a terabyte drive. Which is insane. That Something put that in small as a terabyte when just, I don't know, 10 years ago, like you needed multiple drives to get a terabyte of like memory. Yeah, and, and it was expensive. I mean, just yeah. a year ago, I got a I got a one terabyte drive for my Mac Mini, and it was a $300 drive. Yet this drive that I just got for the Dell, I think it was 130 bucks for the same size. Here's my question, That's though. like less than half of the price. So our like, hard drives gotten significantly cheaper. Why has RAM not gotten any cheaper, it seems? It just still well, seems to be very, very expensive. No, well, uh, so it depends on what RAM you're buying. So is a uh, DDR three. Well, no, this, 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 despite despite the shit talk, despite the shit talk last week, um, there may be a, a legacy, and there may be more more than one legacy box put together. Um, side note, the fucking power PC. Not the, not Did you buy the Talos, you motherfucker. Uh, no, I bought the Blackbird, uh, stand, which is the micro ATX version that they're selling that only supports an eight socket one, but. You bought a fucking power PC. I bought a power PC. You crazy motherfucker. I'm, I'm not surprised that you bought the cheaper one, though, because it was probably less than half of that price. Yes. Tip, right? Well, no, for, but, but effectively, yes. If you're Which going one? To do How power, much was it? So it was like, uh, it was uh, $1,800 altogether. You spent $1,800 on a PC that can't run anything. I love that. I fucking love that man. That gets me excited. Um, I'm the only one that gets excited over stupid shit like that. Well, but but it will but it will support a Vega 56 on it, so that that like you can actually have a real graphics card attached. That's to it. So great. That's you handy. can have a real graphics card too. But I can't run no it. I can't, I can't, no, there is drivers. There is. Yes. It, what's Vega? Is that ATI? Yeah, it's or AMD. AMD. Yes. Okay, and they open. They have open source drivers. But yes, right? you can run. You, you, but so, but but if you were going to build a power PC workstation, this is this is this is Man. about the cheapest you're going to get in. I I just did, when does it arrive? Uh, supposedly sometime next week. Oh gosh, dude, that is so exciting. I'm so, gonna stick it. I'm gonna stick it in an HP like micro ATX tower just to, just for the for the lulls. So I have the power supply already stashed for it. You didn't buy the whole case, huh? Because it would have been too expensive. Well, they didn't. They don't sell it. As, they just sell it as a micro ATX board. Oh you my god! You use the starter kit, but yes. <laughs> so it's not gonna have that badass case. Um. So, uh, but I think I think it being stuck in a ghetto clapped out HP micro ATX tower just adds to the appeal of why the fuck did you do this. So, so back to the, 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 the plugs and the hard drive size, when I was replacing this hard drive, I realized that, that if, if it had the plug that the old drives used to have on them, they actually would have significantly increased the size of the entire laptop because there wouldn't have been enough room for that plug. The, 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 the smaller plug, I mean, it used to be IDE and it was a big ribbon cable, and then it went to SATA, which was a smaller ribbon cable. Even the smaller ribbon cable and the smaller power is way too big for the bottom side of this laptop. So when people get complained, when people get upset about not being able to remove their hard drives, I'm like, well, if you want an ultra thin, ultra light laptop with a, without a whole bunch of dead space inside it, then you really have to start embracing the fact that it's being soldered on. And I'm sorry, but you're going to have to pony up and just get get a terabyte now and well, then get an external if it's not well, enough. Because the, the, the other thing is, is that... Um, I'm I'm surprised that this hasn't got got more traction, especially with the cheapness of lithium-ion batteries and stuff like that. But it's just like here, have pocket server. So I I actually just literally I have a Wi-Fi file, you know, like a secure file share that's attached to my device, so that if I just run it, you know, because you get um 
get that with phones too, like the the iPhone. Depending on which iPhone that you have. Well, it it doesn't help that Wi-Fi is like the Bluetooth of Wi-Fi. Yes. The Bluetooth. <laughs> Wi-Fi. It's like it's like the USB of Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi only works if you're connecting to somebody's router. Yeah. Any other form of Wi-Fi. It sucks. And I shouldn't even use the word Wi-Fi when I'm talking about Wi-Fi. It's really wireless communications, right? I can't say, hey, Wade, you and I are in a coffee shop. Let's transfer files to each other without connecting to somebody right, else's no, network. Yeah, transfer to their... No, you, can do, you can do an ad hoc one between the two of you. How? What do you mean? How? How do you make an ad hoc, ne- an ad hoc network with two laptops? Or you, like actually like technically how yeah yeah, yeah like, how would you tell us how you do yeah. it tell I, us how you do it there's no internet I, I, I'm not challenging <laughs> that it's that it's possible or not because I know for a fact that it's possible but I want you to tell me how how you do it I'm not gonna do it, it then I'm gonna then I'm then I'm going to just reinforce the fact that it's the Bluetooth you can't of Google it now Gunner you can't and you're trying to Blue, Bluetooth is actually better. They have something called Personal Area Network Pan. Yeah. Bluetooth, you can actually copy files back and forth between computers, and it's built into the protocol. But how do you do it with your wireless? Hmm. You have to fire up a DHCP server. That's true. And have them connect unless you, to unless you, you have, as unless a router. You, or unless you have fixed... Unless you have fixed Microsoft uh, had this points. feature called Internet Connection Sharing back in the yeah. day. But now it's not really something that people do. You don't use a computer as a router. So the, the, the whole idea of, of connecting two people through wireless, you'd think it would be so fucking easy, but it doesn't work. Well, you know, so it's, when you it's, talk about this hard yeah. drive, you're right. The battery can hold the power. You can use non-moving parts like a flash drive, and you can put a wireless chip in that thing so you can transfer data to it. And you'd be transferring it at wireless AC speeds, which is how many... Uh, it's a hundred. It's like two something, right? Yeah, two something megabits, which is pretty good, right? Pretty good transfer speeds. The problem is, is how the fuck do you connect to it? And this is how they do it now. See, I've been like setting up these IoT devices, like my furnace and my <laughs> stove, and this is how they do it. What they do is they have a smart app on your phone. The app makes you change your wireless settings to connect to the device. Which is weird because it actually disconnects you from the internet. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, the because device it's only one has, has that, only one wireless kind of. Yeah. The device has a DHCP server in it. Now it can't connect anywhere because it doesn't know what internet you use. Right. Then it reads your oh, Wi-Fi settings you using the app, puts those Wi-Fi settings into the IoT device, and then the IoT device connects the internet, and then that app tells your phone to forget that wireless network, so that you never accidentally connect to the IoT device again. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. There's a bit of shuffling of network settings that have to occur, and the device needs to be smart enough. So that hard drive you're talking about, you have to connect to that hard drive temporarily as an yep. access point, so that the hard drive can tell no, you it's, to it's, stop it's, connecting it's, to it. You know what you talk, so you're, we're, we're talking about? This connect to your home Wi-Fi, and if you don't have a home router, as a per, none of that works. No, and, and, and as your to your point, as a person who had to get one of those fucking wireless print servers set up, I know exactly the the, 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 the scenario we're talking about. Wireless is the Bluetooth of Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> Wi-Fi is its own enemy, and it sucks. And um, there's some exceptions to that, of course. Um, Apple has some really good protocols for auto-discovery. Uh, they call it uh, uh, UPnP, which is a terrible name. It sounds like um, the old plug-and-play where you plug in a USB. And it really is. It's like plug-and-play over a network. But if you've ever noticed, like um, most modern wireless printers, you don't have to install a driver for. They just show up. Yep. 
You don't have to, hey, you know, where is your printer located? Plug in the USB cable and put in the CD. They just show up and you just right. print to them. It's awesome. Um, that UPnP is Apple's way, and that's actually a technology that they invented called Bonjour. And the UPnP is like an open source thing that's running under well, the covers. Because actually, wasn't it, Bonjour is actually like kind of a further development of the, an open like a previous Linux one, though, right? It's the U, yeah, it's that UPnP. UPnP. Yeah, and and what it does is it uses a broadcast technology. <laughs> and with the cool thing about broadcasting on a network is you don't need to be you don't it's it, you don't need to be connected. Right, right. It's like broadcast television. The radio, the the TV station that's sending me the signal doesn't need to know that I'm watching. I can still get the signal. So UPnP is based on this broadcast technology. So as long as you're somewhere on on, on the same uh, network, you can receive the information and you can send data to it. Uh, so there's it, it's there's it's kind of there. And Windows is starting to uh, to adopt that type of technology for for printer discovery um also like uh some of the home devices now you'll see showing up on on your pcs like dlna devices devices that can stream uh television like your if your xbox can stream a game it may show up as a dlna device okay so that any device on your network can watch that stream but that said i've never in my life seen one person go into windows add a dlna device and just start streaming shit on their home network you know what i mean they're using yeah. smart TVs, Roku's, Fire Sticks, and stuff like that for streaming. They don't really do that through a P- from a PC perspective. Yeah. Although I've been digging around trying to fucking get some more details on how Miracast actually works because I have a device I'm trying to set up that can either be a target or a sink, which gets fucking Larry in and of itself. And it, this is. Intel had their own like proprietary solution called WideEye, which mm-hmm. was so much nicer. You're talking about Wi-Fi screencasting? Yeah. Like so having you, a monitor without a cable? Yeah. So you have, you have Miracast, which was basically just a way of... You know, Miracast is the mechanism that lets like a Chrome... Like you, you talk to Chrome, you, you talk to your Chrome stick or... Mm-hmm. Thing. Um, and Windows and Linux in theory have it in the OS level. So you mm-hmm. can use that as a target as well as long as you have... But you need the an hardware, app. But you need you need well you need you need an app to do it. Yeah, you need an app, right? Or you can you, you can you can write an AP. You know, if you can, or some if you, you some can guy in his basement's writing a fucking app and trying to get it into the Roku store. Well, no, no, but but the other thing, but the other thing is, is that you also had to have actual hardware support on the device that you're trying to do it with, which gets kind of leery in and of itself. You know, most you, in modern. You think itself. it would be here by now because yeah. you can watch, you can stream a 4K movie over your. Shitty yeah. ass internet no, connection. It, it, yeah. it, but you can't move a fucking mouse cursor without plugging it physically into yes, a computer. Yes, it's, it's stupid. It's stupid. And it's it, crazy. It, it, it will be. And the thing was is that Intel had their. The problem is is that Intel had a solution for this, but unfortunately, Intel came up with it. So right. It's like the it's like the Apple standard thing where they just fucking sabotage stuff. In my day job, we have some uh, we have some equipment, and it's the same deal. You can connect to its Wi-Fi, and then you can just send your screen to it, and it works okay. But you have to download and install their software. It's got to like capture your screen in some way, shape, or form. It's not using a built-in Windows feature or something like that. So with these USB plugs, um, what 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 I've, what I've really noticed is that I think Apple has to switch this year. They have to go to USB-C. They're the only one left. Even the um, even the Mac or even the iPad Pro has a USB-C plug on it already, but the regular iPad, the iPad Mini, in all of the iPhone series still yep. have their um, their proprietary the, adapter. The Lightning, which 
I, I get kind of because the thing is, is that the light. I'm not sure how without like having a pair of freaking you know without having a micrometer here i can't say the dimensional differences but usb a usb c plug is effectively the same dimensions yeah as the lightning socket right yeah. it, it really the really a lightning plug is i mean like from a yeah. mechanical standpoint not yeah electrical it, it, one it's just reversed yeah it's kind of reversed from a form factor perspective because you can actually see and touch the pins on, yeah. on an iphone but um, but yeah, it's not too much. It, the, the, there's not much of a size difference. And one of the things I really like about USB-C is you can actually charge each other's devices. Yes. And I love that. So Wade, you have a USB-C phone. I have a USB-C phone. If my battery's going dead and you have 100%, you can give me 50% of your battery. And that's because USB-C has power transfer in the protocol. Mm-hmm. Whereas using USB-C for, or using the old USB for charging was kind of an afterthought. They didn't think that you would want to do like provide full power to something like you know like an external video card or something like that. Um, it, you know, in the, even while we're recording our podcast right now, we have a, a, a USB hub that all of the uh, microphones are plugged into. That USB hub has a USB C. So we're using the old style. What are they? USB. A, USB E E I think yeah USB A USB A plugs it has the USB A plugs because these microphones that we own have the square USB A plugs just because it's historically that's what they've shipped right. with but on the USB hub itself I plug the AC adapter plug into which is USB C on the AC adapter it's USB C on the hub and it's USB C on the laptop so it passes the charge through the hub into the laptop and the laptop stays at 100% charge while we're using this hub. And that pass-through power is a very important part of that technology. And I've actually done this. I was on the road and my cell phone battery had died. I forgot to bring my USB-C car charger with me. But I happened to have the charging cable for my MacBook. I took the charging cable from my MacBook, which has got USB-C on both ends. I plugged one to my phone and one into my MacBook, and I was able to charge off of my MacBook. Now, that isn't really that like groundbreaking because you could charge off of USB-C on a computer previously. But the part about it that's super cool is if it were the other way around and my MacBook were dead, it actually, the phone comes up and it says, we detected another device plugged in. Do you want to take power or give power? And my phone could actually be a backup battery for my MacBook. It might not last all that long. That's but. true, yeah, because the MacBook has a much larger battery in right. it. But who knows what you need it for? It might be all that you need is, right. is you 20 just need minutes a spark to get just by. Just to get you, yeah, some... Or, or maybe it's maybe maybe you just don't want to lose power in the middle of a project. Right. And that extra twenty minutes allows yeah. you to wrap up, close the lid, and, and be done. But that part of USB C is great. But what I really I really can't wait, and it's going to happen in the next year, um, maybe two years. We need to abolish the, the square plug. It yeah, it's has time to, to move be on. Gone. It's time to move on. I don't want to see products sold with that old but the, square plug. the problem is though is you're there's, these things are still selling they're still being manufactured they're still being sold like so now you're talking about people that are buying this currently and in two years it's kind of obsolete right i mean i guess right. it has to happen sometime though right like, right but i mean i've talked to some people and they're like no i i refuse to buy the square plug anymore but you got to go out of your way to find it 
Yeah. Like, so the microphones that we're using now have that little trapezoid plug. And that trapezoid plug is the old USB standard. So you don't really benefit by having USB-C. But the problem is, is that any new laptop is going to have more of the new USB ports. It should than definitely the old be ones. USB-C. And it's just for the simple fact, remember, we had an issue, God, a long time ago now. But like one of the, we thought it was one of the cords with one yeah. of the mics, and it was like, oh Jesus, where are we going to find another one of these fucking? I mean, of course, Gunner had one, but and I don't think what? we would have had that problem with a, with a newer plug. No, I really think USB C is a better standard, and we wouldn't have had that problem. It's because that fucking trapezoid plug, that it's it's a wobbly, it's a shallow plug, it's wobbly, and uh, of course, it's on the bottom of the microphone. So every time that we hit it. it it has the chance of disconnecting. Right. And yeah, it kills the... I mean, today it happened. We killed yep. the audio on the whole freaking track. Of course, it was um, probably not the trapezoid plug that was that was uh, the culprit, but it was still an old-style USB plug. Um, I can't wait for the new one to be adopted, but it also allows the form factor to be thinner. And if you look like... Just picture picture your phone having one of those big square plugs on the bottom nah, it side It wouldn't look it. the same at all. It, it would be insane. It'd be fucking huge. Right. It looks stupid, but on a fucking computer, people still want them. Well, I think that yeah, no, that's very true. I, I think it, you know, we're never gonna we're not gonna shrink the laptop down anymore. We can make maybe make it a little thinner for sure, but our hands are kind of the. Well, you, the the idea is why do you need why do you need plugs at all? Just just have some like mag connector because, on the outside because Wi-Fi is the Bluetooth of Wi-Fi. Well, yeah, but just make it good. Get good. Get good. Well, the first thing, Gunner, is is power. So we just you can't make- you can't argue me on that. Is power. If we had three microphones right now, all using a uh, you know lithium ion or whatever battery inside, we would have to be worried about battery life while we're recording. Well, I'm just I'm just saying. So what so we do, what we do is power. we make we make we make a circular magnetic connector that's you know like that that does the job of charging a rim job if you will, mm-hmm. and we just we, we, we so you're we, saying instead of plugging our microphones directly into the computer, we, we plug just, chargers into the wall. No, I'm saying and now we all have the risk of tripping over charging wires yes but we have the luxury of having no wires going to the computer by the way the computer's next to us the wall outlet is not yes. i like your idea craig santa logic i think i think why yeah I, I think i think wireless charging microphones are the next big thing mm. and i think that they are the bluetooth of <laughs> wireless charging microphones <laughs> Well, actually, what if what if you combine two and it's like those flashlights that you shake to charge them? I'm so glad you don't. I'm so glad that you. Well, I want to see you do that, but I'm so glad that you don't invent products sometimes, Gunner. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> what happens when I come? What happens when I come to the podcast with one? <laughs> well, that's or five. Well, that's fine because we'll talk about it. And by the way, we gotta we gotta hack at that new power machine. I can't believe you bought one of those things. Why? I told I told you that. Poor impulse control. Once you showed him, like it was, it was over. He had no choice. It was like it's like me flying into this parking lot in a gyrocopter. Yes, Gunner would immediately buy a gyrocopter. What happened? No, he would order it in seconds from seeing me. I I would forget that I own one and I would buy another one. (laughs) (laughs) One good gyrocopter deserves another for sure. The only thing, the only thing that makes this better is if we design a gyrocopter on the Power PC. Connor, if you get a job that doesn't require you to shave your facial hair, hair your facial hair, are you going to go full crack Santa on us? No, I can't. Can you grow a beard? 
not particularly well. I really, I would, I would, uh, I would more more along the line. Uh, besides yanking it all out, I would just go like bright purple and weird color hair. I just like that you used the phrase yanking it all out. Well, speaking of yanking it all out, we have reached the just over the two hour mark, which is our time to yank on out we of have, here. We have we have we have overdrawn from the yank bank account. Yes, we need to replenish. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, you know, give us a give us a like, give us a share, and uh, absolutely feel free to comment on uh, what would you like for us to cover next. We will talk to you guys later. Snake the ride, snake the ride, snake the ride.